a lady named Martha Jennings was uh, having a battle. Uh, her she had a little little uh, three and a half, four year old daughter, and and a thirteen year old daughter, and they were just battling one of their butt, butting heads. And the real problem was the three and a half, four year old daughter. She was the one that was obstinate and uh, and and, and strong willed, and so so when they when they fought more times than not, it was the little one that was creating the problem. So, uh, so the mom was trying to figure out what can I do to 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 win this battle, and and so she decided and was very proud of herself. She decided she would use her her little daughter Sarah, the the three and a half year old, use her newfound interest and excitement about Santa Claus. It was nearing Christmas. Uh, use her excitement about Santa Claus for her advantage. So so she stopped one day when they were were. Uh, we're arguing with one another and just made this comment to her. Said, well, well, Santa doesn't like it when, when, uh, when children fight. He's watching and he doesn't like it when children fight it. And Sarah wasn't phased by that. She just kept on creating issues and creating problems. So, so that, uh, she thought about it a little bit more and, and then she said, well, well, I guess I'm just going to have to call Santa Claus and tell him about it. And with that, she picked up the phone and started dialing and said, her little daughter Sarah that time stopped. And looked at her eyes, kind of got just a little bit big, and she 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 dialed the phone, and then she said, uh, "Mrs. Claus, can I speak to Mr. Claus, please?" And it, the, actually, Mrs. Claus was her sister uh, that was on the phone, uh, little Sarah's aunt, um, and 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 she said a couple things. Okay, I'll give her the phone, and she handed the phone to little Sarah and says, "Santa Claus wants to talk to you," and and now her eyes were really starting to uh, to get big, and and uh, uh, so so she started to talk. Well, on. The Santa was her uncle, and he kind of disguised his voice and his voice, and basically just told her that the Santa didn't like when children fought, and and he would be watching, and he expected uh, things to get better because if they didn't, there wouldn't, wouldn't be any Christmas gifts come Christmas. And so finally, Sarah was sitting there listening, nodding her head, and she hung the phone up and handed it back to her mom. And then she she stood there for a while, and and, and mom looked at her and, and couldn't take it any longer. Finally, she asked, and she was kind of chuckling and. Or trying to not chuckle and, and, and feeling very proud of herself, she finally looked at her little daughter and said, "Well, Sarah, what did Santa say to you?" And Sarah, almost in a in a whisper, kind of sad but also somewhat matter of factly, said, "Well, Santa said he won't be bringing any Christmas presents to my sister." <laughs> uh, she missed the point. <laughs> sometimes we sometimes we miss the point. Uh, we read in God's Word where it calls us to love our brother. Uh, and then we look at our brother and say, did you hear that? You're supposed to love me. Or or are we, we see in Scripture where it says to be forgiven, we have to forgive. And, and then we look at the one that's maybe offended us and we say to them, hey, he's talking about you there. Or we read Scripture where God has called us to care for the least of these. And we think to ourselves, well, someone else is going to take care of that. Or we where God has called us, has said that first will be last, the last will be first, and, and, uh, 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 if you want to be first as king, you have to be a servant of all. And, and then we answer what, to ourselves, well, I really don't have time for that. Or, or we read where God has called us to praise Him as the creator of the universe, the sustainer of life, the giver of hope. And, and we look at ourselves and we say, yeah, but, you know, I'm really in charge. Sometimes, sometimes we miss the point. Uh, we're going to look this morning uh, in Psalm 100, it's it's a short chapter, only five verses long. So we're going to look at the whole chapter, but only five short verses, and and we're going to look at this this uh, this chapter, and we'll see a couple things. In fact, we're actually going to look at this this week, and and we'll do the second half of the sermon. So 
If we get halfway through the notes and you're like, man, it's been 30 minutes. We're going to do the second half next week. Uh, we see this, this text and, and you can see it as a great encouragement. In fact, when, when you read this, you'll know when I get there, if you've got your Bibles open, maybe you can, you can scan it real quick and you'll understand this. We can read this, this chapter and, and I find it to be very encouraging, particularly when things are going well in my life, when things are, are jiving and, and I'm on spiritual highs and things are great, I can look at this chapter and I read it and it's just like, it's a, it's a confirmation that God is there. It's one of great, great encouragement. In fact, this, this chapter almost becomes a prayer of, of, of praise. And, and that's great. So if you see this chapter and it becomes one that you're aware of and that you know is there, that you memorize or underline or whatever, and it becomes an encouragement to you, then, then great. I, I want that to be the case. But I also want to point something else out, out is that this chapter doesn't just say that because, because I think sometimes we miss the point. Because I think this chapter is also could be seen as, as instruction to us. It could be seen as a command to us. See, the reality is the, is if the message and the truth of this chapter if that becomes a part of who we are, if if that becomes a part of what we live, uh, whether things are going whether things are going as we plan or if things are falling apart, if this becomes the message of this chapter becomes part of our spiritual DNA, then we won't be missing the point. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm chapter one hundred, and we're going to look this morning uh, at today and next week at two simple things. It's it's two simple prerequisites of praise that it talks to us about. We'll look at one of them this morning. It says there in chapter 100, starting the first verse, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. I know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name, for the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. If God has, if God has created his, his world, if, if his creation is designed to give him praise, I, I mentioned this verse last week, but let me touch on it again. Psalm 19 verse 1 simply says this, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. If, if God's creation is meant to give him praise, if a, if a, sunrise or sunset is literally praising praising God. If the, the flowers that come in the springtime are a testimony of praise to God, if a, if a summer rain is followed by a beautiful rainbow in the sky and that is meant to praise Him, if the, if the majesty of the mountains and the power of the ocean praise Him, then doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it seem right that, that we are called to praise Him as well? So, so that's the first prerequisite that, that we see. In fact, uh, it, it is an encouragement, yes, but it's also somewhat of a, of a challenge, uh, an instruction, uh, a charge here for us that we are to praise Him. So let's look at the call to praise. It is a, it is a command. And the, the first thing we see here is that it calls us to get excited. Notice that? You can't miss it. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. It, 
it, it's a call to praise to get excited. Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time that, that you really got excited? Now, I'm, I'm just talking generally here, not just church. When was the last time that you really got excited? That, that you jumped with joy kind of excited. You shouted out loud kind of excited. You got really super excited. When was the last time that you just lost yourself in your excitement, in, in your joy, in your gladness, in your, 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 when was the last time that, that you shouted for joy? Now, now I know for some of us, for some of you, uh, it, it was about 11 months ago. Maybe just a tad bit over 11 months ago in, was it Hayes? Where did you play the state game? Hey, hey, Hayes, Kansas, a little west of here, Hayes, Kansas. I wasn't there, but I watched the second half of the game on my phone. And, and, and when, I think it might have been the last touchdown that, that Cutter, the way I heard it, Cutter said he tipped it to Brody. Uh, but I think Brody ended up with it and ran for the touchdown. Was that right? I'm getting the right, uh, uh, they collided in the middle of the ball in Brody's hands anyway. The, the, the camera panned over to the sideline and I could hear, but, but I could see people jumping. Any of you guys jump when that happened? Some of you were there. I know you were jumping with joy. You were excited. Case was jumping. I knew that was happening. There was, there was excitement. Uh, in uh, the, the last game of the World Series t- 2015, my son watched the game with, with uh, three or four other couples, their, their friends, and they decided it was kind of cool. They, they set up one of their iPhones behind the TV when it looked like we were going to win, and they videoed their response when Wade Davis struck out the, 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 the batter, got the last out, and we won the World Series. They, they taped their response, and they all jumped up. All these 20-something uh, uh, young professionals all jumped up and started shouting for joy. In fact, uh, if, if, uh, if my youngest son Caleb ever comes here, you can, uh, you can ask him, hey, are you the one? Because in the video, it shows, do you remember, the, it shows my, uh, my, my grown-up school teacher's son something like this. And even as, when I saw that, I said, Cave, you look like a little girl. And he didn't care. Now, I actually wish he could have undone that, but you know, he still really didn't care that much. Now, now maybe you guess where I'm going. So, but, but lest you, lest you think I sit in any kind of judgment, uh, my, my sons and I went to the 2014 uh, playoffs and we were there when the Royals beat the, the Angels. And after the game, uh, we were shouting and jumping and I was high-fiving total strangers and I hugged the drunk behind me that had talked the whole game and watched hardly any of it, and yet he was, you know, the greatest royal fan in all the world. And, and so I was high-fiving and hugging and shouting and screaming uh, a, a, as well. So it kind of leads to a couple questions, doesn't it? So, so here's the first one. Shout to, for joy to the Lord. Oh, yeah. First question. When was the last time we shouted for joy because of what God has done. Which leads to the second question that comes up for most of us, comes up for me anyway. Comes up for me and maybe it does it for you. Here's the, the second question. Since I don't remember the last time I shouted for joy because of the Lord and what He's done, the question then becomes, why not? Now, let me be honest here. I, I would love to totally explain this away and say, well, he doesn't really mean shout for joy. He's not talking that. He doesn't mean shout, shout when he says to shout. 
Well, he says, shout for joy. But it doesn't really mean it that way, guys. I wish I could totally explain this away and says it mean, that it means something totally different. And in fact, the next two points, I'm going to kind of do that a little bit. But, but don't you think it should at least give us a little pause? When, when we get more excited about our Chiefs and our Royals and our Trojans and our Mustangs and our Cyclones and, and et cetera, et cetera, whatever it might be, Sporting Kansas City, I don't know, what do you call them? The, they are the, they don't have a name, the Sporting Kansas City soccer players. Uh, whatever, if we get more excited about that, if, if that motivates us, even to the point where we sometimes blow off God and blow off an opportunity to to be blessed and encouraged, if those become more important to us and create more excitement than when we come into the presence of a holy God to praise His mighty work through, and to praise and, and recognize the, the sacrificial work of His Son that offers us grace and forgiveness and acceptance and hope and holiness, shouldn't we at least pause for a second and ask ourselves, why not? Now, now I, I'm not asking us to become a, pick your term, holy, holy roller church, a shout and jump in the aisle kind of church. That's not what at all what I'm saying. But, but maybe we, we should at least be asking ourselves, do we sometimes just give God the leftovers and the crumbs of our excitement and of our gladness and of our joy? when we get more excited about some of those other things. Uh, if you have your Bibles, just kind of flip back a couple chapters. I just want to give you a little bit of progression here, just so we kind of see where where the psalmist was, where, where the writing, Psalm, Psalm chapter 95. We're just going to look at a few verses. Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let the Let us shout aloud the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. Chapter 96 uh, verse 1, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day and night. Chapter 97, verse 1, the Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Psalm 98, verses 1 and 2, sing to the Lord a new song. For He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him. The Lord has made His salvation known and revealed His righteousness to the nation. Psalm 99, verse 9, Ex- exalt the Lord your God and worship Him at the holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Do you at least see that, that these verses are calling us to get excited? To, 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 to have a, a wow, God is good and God has done so much for us. Maybe, maybe we need to get a little more excited about about who God is in our life. Now, now, maybe we're we're a little uncomfortable with shouting for joy. So, so I will kind of move on and move off to to a couple applications that maybe just a tad bit more comfortable for us, and maybe maybe actually are a little bit more realistic for us. Uh, not only we're we called to get excited, I think we're called to get real. Maybe maybe our shout for joy and our worship with gladness. Maybe that really, really could be defined as us simply understanding who God is. Uh, look in verse three of uh, there in chapter uh, 
chapter 100. Notice what verse 3 says. Know that the Lord is God. Now catch this. It is He who made us. It is He who made us. And we are His. We are His people, the sheep of, of His pasture. Maybe what this is trying to get us to understand, two things, and it's in your notes, you can put both these down. Get us to understand the correlation between these. Uh, who we are and who God is. Who we are. Who are we? Uh, we are made by Him. We are His sheep. Who is God? He's the one that made us. God is the author uh, of our life. If, if we can understand that, the reality is oftentimes we we flip that, we get that totally backwards, and we forget that God is the one that made us and we are His. We oftentimes think we are up here and God somehow is way down here. Uh, last Wednesday, uh, I, I called my wife, um, and and oftentimes when I call her during the day, she'll say this, where are you? And so she did, and I said, I'm in St. Joe. What are you doing? Because she's nosy that way. And, uh, and, uh, and I said, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to go see Hannah. Hannah was in labor at the time. And my wife's quote, I, I think I'll get it exactly word for word, was, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on my way. You are not going to see Hannah in labor. Ladies, do you guys agree with that? Is that, was that sound advice? I'm thinking, why not? I mean, do I say that? You know, I probably, I, I've got, I thought I got to say, you know, contractions like every three minutes and then once one's over, everything's fine, right? I know that's not true. I, my wife had three children. I understand that. But I don't think she'll appreciate a visit to know I'm there. I'm just going to pray for her. I went to the hospital. Damn right. Waiting room. <laughs> I did tell her, well, if I'll go see if any of the families in the waiting room, I'll visit. I, I won't go back and see her. And I listen to my wife. Sometimes I do that. And Lori was in the waiting room, so I got to visit with Lori. She kind of told me what was going on, and, and so, so that, that was cool. But she, she made this comment that really just kind of broke my heart, nothing to do with Hannah, but just, just kind of broke my heart. She said, you know, one of the nurses had commented that how, how, what a joy it was to work with Bryce and Hannah and her family, uh, you know, because mom and dad were both there, and grandparents were there in support, and Hannah was, you know, a great patient. And they made this comment that one out of five, one out of five babies born is born to a mother that's on drugs. Every five people that come into the, every five people that come in, one of those, in fact, there was a, a girl there that was on, on meth that had bit the doctor or nurse already that day because she was strung out. And I'm like, how can that be? Man, it just blew me away. You, you know how that is? It's because we get things backwards. And, and it kind of laid on my heart for a while. And, and, and then, then I began to, I, I began to do what I probably should have done to begin with. I began to internalize that and look a little bit closer at myself. And then I realized, you know, every time that I've messed up, every time that my life has kind of gone off the rails and every time that I've got too far away from God, it really is the same thing. It's me inverting that where, where God should be here. It's me kind of flipping around and, and forgetting that God is God and I'm not. And, and putting myself on the throne of my own life and saying, you know, I've got it in control. And I think what this, what this passage is telling us, and maybe we can see it this way, when we're called to shout for joy, what it really 
in part is, is telling us is to get real and understand who we are and where we belong and what the responsibility of that is. And, and he does that there in verse three by comparison. It's, this is God. He created you. And this is you. You're just one of the sheep in the pasture. But when we understand that, when we understand who God is and who we are, it puts everything in balance. Uh, about uh, 10 months ago or so, Rita had surgery and, and I, I waited for her out in the waiting room and, and before she went, uh, or when she went back, uh, for the surgery, she handed me her phone and she said, take my phone and when, I think she said, if I make it through surgery, because we were kind of kidding about, she was kidding about that. Um, I wasn't, I was very serious, but she was kidding about, if I make it through surgery, uh, use my phone to text the kids and to text, she had, she had a list of people I was supposed to text and say, hey, everything's fine and everything went well. So, uh, so I kept her phone and, and when the doctor came out and said she's fine and an hour from now she'll go to her room, I went back out in the waiting room and I picked up her phone. And so I, this is her, her iPhone and I began to send texts on her phone and I, I texted all the kids. Hey, mom's out of surgery. Doctor said it went well. Uh, and then I got texts back. Well, how long did the surgery? So I, and so I did that for a while. And then I, then I remembered the list. And so I texted Tara and I texted, uh, uh, Heidi and, um, that's the only two friends I can think of. And, but I texted, uh, she's got more, I promise you, but, but I texted some of her friends and, and, uh, and, and said, read us through. And so they texted me back and we, we did this back and forth. So, so I had her phone in my hand for, I don't know, probably 30, 40 minutes going back and forth with all these. And, and then I had on my phone, I thought, well, I'm just waiting. So I went on Facebook on her phone and I'm looking at that. And, and then I thought, you know, I, I want to check, I want to check the ESPN app and she doesn't have it on her phone or I didn't know where it was. It did. So I set her phone down. You didn't? Okay. But I went on my phone. I put her phone down and then I took my phone out. And I thought my phone was big. And I, I've had this phone for a couple of years now and I thought, man, this, when I got this, it was like, wow, look at the size of that screen. That thing is huge. And when I took, took it out of my pocket and I compared it to her phone, I'm like, man, this thing's a little bitty baby phone. But it could be worse. It could be, it could be worse. I could have Chad's phone <laughs> and, and have this. We're, we're going to start a love offering for Chad. <laughs> when we compare, <laughs> it is He who made us and we are His. When we compare ourselves with God, number one, it, it puts me in my place. But how can it not lead me to praise? If if I realize that God is God and I'm not, if He's in charge and I'm not, if God is huge and I'm not, if God is eternal and I'm not, if if we simply just understand that little point, won't that lead us to a place where we shout for joy? Now maybe we're not screaming and yelling and high fiving our neighbor on that one, but but doesn't it lead our hearts and our spirits to a place of of joy? So we're we're called to praise. We, we need to get excited, and it should move us, whether we jump for joy or not. It should move us. We should get real with that in a comparison to who God is. And the last thing it, uh, the, the last thing I see there, if that's the case, 
and this maybe is where it really comes to fruition. This is where it really, really, really counts is that we need to get up. We, we need to, to get up. I've done, uh, I've done over 120, 130 weddings, um, in, in, in my career. Uh, at the wedding rehearsal the night before, if they have one, I, I kind of go through the same, same type of, of formula every time, but somewhere early in the ceremony, I'll have all the wedding party up here, have the parents where they're going to sit on the front rows. And one of the instructions I give to the mothers uh, of, of the bride and the groom is, okay, moms, and I, so I say moms, when when the bride comes down the aisle, so everyone else has come down, the flower girl, ring bearer come down, when, when it's time for the bride, and whether that's going to be a change of song or or if they're doing the traditional wedding, you know, whatever, processional, whatever it is, and they hit the big chord on the organ, whatever that's going to be, whatever that signal is, or maybe it's just the fact that the ring bearer and flower girl get there. I say, this is why I say, moms, you stand up. And when you stand up, it will signal everyone else in the church that they're supposed to stand up. The funny thing is, rarely are the moms the first, the first people to stand up. It usually is backwards of that. The people in the back stand up when they see the bride. Because when the last one's gone by or the music changed, the, the people back there, Rick, you'd, if you're sitting where you are, you'd be looking back. I know what's coming next. The bride, and she's going to be beautiful. And so Rick would be looking, and Lord would be, no, don't look too close. You know, I'm, I'm as pretty as she is. And, and, uh, um, but, but, but that's what happened. They see her first and they stand up and it actually ripples the other way. Uh, why? Why? Part of it is we're trained, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're all trained. We know that that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to stand up when the bride comes down. That's just kind of what we do. But there's something different about that as well. Guys, not, it's not just that. There's something that seems right. There's something that, that is very purposeful about us standing up when the bride comes. It's, it's almost like that's what we are called to do. That that's what we're, this is her day and we understand that. Guys, we don't understand very well, but, but we at least kind of have an idea. It's her day and, and, and we're supposed to stand up to honor her. She's, She's why we're there. The, the groom is just there for, for window dressing. That's why we're there. And, and it's only natural for us to stand up. And, and so, so whether I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor of a hundred plus weddings or, or I'm the dad uh, of four weddings, I almost said four plus, but it's only been four, four weddings, which I was actually the pastor for those as well, or whether I'm just sitting there with a friend, I, when it comes that time, there's just something that right that you have to you have to stand up. It's just perfect. Church, maybe our maybe our praise, maybe our shout for joy, maybe our worship the Lord with gladness. Maybe all of that comes when we're willing to get up. See, see, we're called in Scripture. Jesus tells us that we're to be the salt of the earth. We're we're to be a permanating agent. We're to be an agent that has an effect on people. Uh, and our ask church, when, are we doing that? And Jesus says that we are the light of the world. So, so we're supposed to dispel darkness from our world. Our, our, our light that, that comes through us from Jesus should dispel darkness where there's, there's depression and discouragement and hopelessness. Our, our light should dispel that darkness. Church, are we doing that? We, we're called to be world changers. Church, are we changing the world? We're, we're to take hope to the hopeless and healing to the broken, compassion 
to the hurting, love to the unloved, forgiveness to those who feel like life has forsaken them. We're called to see the unseen, embrace the lonely, care for the forgotten, give voice to the silent, and empower the orphan. We're called to give promise to the widow. But church, church, the way we do that is we, we get up. We get up. So maybe in this passage when it calls us to shout for joy. Now, there's application. I do want you to pause and think, you know, next time you cheer at a ball game, next time you cheer at a movie or whatever it might be, I do want you to at least have a little pause there. Man, does, does God excite me that much? I want you to think about that as well. But maybe what His praise really is, maybe what God is really calling us to is to get up and be His people. I'll close with this. Elizabeth Sherrill tells this story. Said she uh, lived in New York City. It took her first job there. She was a writer, and, and uh, she was excited to be in the city. And so she she went one winter day down to Rockefeller Center, and she had taken along with her, thrown over her shoulder, were her ice skates, and she was excited about ice skating on the ice rink at Rockefeller Center. So she said she got there and she sat down on a bench just outside the skating rink and began to unlace her her shoes and put on her skating shoes. And when she did, she looked out, and in the middle of the ice rink, there was a a young lady standing there. Uh, And said, actually, when she saw her, the first thing, her first emotion was 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 one of feeling just a a little uh, a a little discouraged because because she looked out there and the the lady looked like she was a professional. Cheryl says that she had on a pair of sweatpants and a a baggy a, a baggy hoodie. And, and an old stocking cap that she found and pulled down over her ears. But that lady that out in the middle of the ice rink had on an outfit that was, that, that sparkled, looked like a professional skater. Her, her skates had sparkles on it and, and the lights were, were glimmering off her, her skates and, and, and their little outfit had, had a little fake fur on the bottom of the skirt part of it. And, and up on, on the little jacket that she wore, there was fur around it and she had a little hat on that was fur, said she looked like a professional skater. And not just that. But she was tall and thin. She looked like she would be as graceful as, uh, graceful as an, a gazelle. And, and, and so I was, she said, I was a little intimidated by, intimidated by that first. So I got out on the ice and she said, I kind of stumbled out there and began to, 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 to skate just a little bit. And, 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 and I couldn't take my eyes off of her. In fact, it changed from excitement or, or intimidation. It changed to excitement because this girl's going to start skating any time now. And man, it's going to be cool. She had grown up watching uh, the, the the Olympics and watching skating, and, and this was going to be great to watch this lady ice skate. She, she was going to be graceful, and she would spin and turn, and she'd do a triple axel. That's a skating thing, isn't it? You're laughing at something, but I don't even want to know. Uh, so she was excited. I'm going to watch this lady skate around this. But she said, as I continue to skate around, the, the lady remained in the center stretching. And, and posing. And then she kind of thought, wow, man, she is really trained. She knows that she's got to get really loose and get every muscle stretched out. But she said, I continued to skate and the lady never left the middle of the skating rink. The whole time I skated, she was out there posing and stretching and looking like she was a wonderful skater, but she never skated. Maybe, maybe our praise, our shout to joy, 
or come before the Lord with gladness is simply this. That when we're called to skate, we skate. When Christ has called us to give, we give. When he's called us to love, we love. When he's called us to forgive, we forgive. When God has called us to notice someone that's unnoticeable, we notice them. When God has called us to reach out and touch someone that's hurting, our heart breaks for them and we have a compassion for them. Maybe God has called us to love one another and forgive one another and work with one. Maybe, maybe our real praise, maybe our shout is simply this, that we do what God has called us to do. And so I would ask a simple question. Are you getting up? If you're called to shout for joy, and that is if you just get up and do what God has called you to do, are you getting up? We need to get excited. We need to get excited. We need to get real. We need to get up and be what God has called us to be. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you this morning for your your passion and your your love for us. Father, we thank you that you can uh, can use us no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done. Father, we're called, we're called to shout for joy and, and, and there's at least a part of that, Lord, that is, that, that is, that is actual. Father, we're called to get excited. We're called to be motivated and moved and, and thrilled by the fact that you love us and you've called us to be your children. Father, let, let a, uh, a sense of that joy and gladness permeate this church. But Father, even maybe more importantly for that, we're, we're called to be real with our faith. And, and that happens when we compare ourselves with you, with who we are and who you are. And Father, you've called us to get up and to be your hands and your feet. Father, to be the light and the salt. Father, you've called us to, to, to reach out to a, a, a hurting people and make a difference in our world. Father, help us shout with joy before you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning and you're missing... You're missing that realness that comes from knowing who God is. If, if you're missing the mark, if you, you see the scripture and you know, hey, God's called me to something, but man, I'm, I'm way off. I'm missing the mark. If, if you're here and you need prayer, if you need to find out what you need to do, would you come?